Hello, you're listening to the Equippers International Podcast. This is the short version where we're going through the book of Hebrews together. We're starting in chapter 10 today. I'm going to read the first three verses. For the law, since it has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very form of things, can never, by the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins year by year. Well, in my opinion, these verses are the very central point of the discussion that the writer of Hebrews is making concerning the sacrifice of Jesus. And he's saying that the law was just a shadow of the actual good things that would come. It was not the form. Literally, the word there is the image. It was not the image of things that were coming in Christ. It was only a shadow. And because of that, it was unable to make those who draw near perfect. Even though they offered the sacrifices year by year, it was not able to bring the worshiper to a place of being perfect. Now, I've talked about this word perfect and this idea of perfection in previous episodes. Now, because of a misunderstanding that we have a lot of times in our relationship with God and the purpose for which God created us, we evaluate things in moral terms, in performance terms, in terms of being right or being wrong. So when we hear this word perfect, something inside of us says, oh, well, I must get it right. I must do it perfectly. Well, this is not what this word means. This word has to do with fullness. It has to do with completeness. Paul uses it over over and over again in his writings about coming to a place of maturity, bringing things into completion in Christ. And it's through the process of coming into understanding and revelation of who we are in Christ and recognizing that God has done everything. He's done a complete work so that now we can be complete when we draw near to God. It's a beautiful truth that we really need to get a hold of. And the whole point of the discussion here is that the sacrifice of Jesus has brought us to this place of completeness, this place of wholeness where we don't lack anything before God. And in verse 2, the writer poses this question. He says, would they not have ceased to offer those sacrifices if the worshipers would have been cleansed in their conscious from their consciousness of sin? Now, the writer had mentioned previously in chapter 9, verse 14, about how the blood of Jesus Christ through the eternal spirit, he offered himself unblemished before God, and it cleanses our conscience. But now he's really going to drive the point home in verse 2 of chapter 10 here. And he says, the whole point of the sacrifice of Jesus is to remove our consciousness of sins. You know, I've often said, God is not sin conscience. See, this is a problem that we have in our relationship with God in living out the Christian life. We think about sin a lot. 
We have a consciousness, an awareness of sins. But the beauty of the sacrifice of Jesus and the power of what he did for us at the cross is that he cleanses us and he brings us to a place where we don't have to be aware of our sins constantly because we believe in the depths of our being that we have been cleansed. We've been fully forgiven. We're not only just forgiven, we are a new creation, literally a new person in Christ. And we don't walk around living with a consciousness of sin, with an awareness of sin. Actually, sin should become a non-issue. Now, am I saying that we will never commit a sin from time to time as a believer? No. But what I am saying is that God does not want us to walk around either fearful of whether we're going to sin or not, or thinking about our sin or measuring the number of our sins. This is what the writer is calling the consciousness of sins. But he says in those sacrifices under the old covenant, there's a built-in reminder year after year that you have sin in your life. You know, I often tell the story about, can you imagine being a Jew? And when you travel to Jerusalem for the Day of Atonement, the most important day of the year for you to go and to receive forgiveness through the sacrifice that the priest is going to offer in the Holy of Holies. And you go to that event and you spend a week there and all the festivities of the Day of Atonement and you receive the consciousness and the awareness that now your sins are forgiven. But as you journey back home, you recognize that next year at the same time, there is another day of atonement. And what is built into that concept is that between now and the next day of atonement, you're going to commit a sin and you're going to have to carry the consciousness of that sin with you throughout the whole year until the next day of atonement. So it's a reminder that you have sin. But the blood of Jesus is so much stronger because it removes our consciousness, our awareness, and our burden of our sin because we are always forgiven. We don't have to wait for another specific day. We don't have to wait for a specific time. We don't have to wait for another day in the future where we can feel and perceive that we are now forgiven again, only to have to wait another year, year after year. This is why the writer of Hebrews uses the terminology year after year in relationship to the sacrificial system of the old covenant and once and for all in relationship to the sacrifice of Jesus. The work that God has done is final. It was done once and for all, and we enjoy the benefit of that by having a conscience cleansed from an awareness of sin, that we don't have to carry that awareness with us because we walk in the reality of being fully forgiven and brought to a place of completion. It is one of the most beautiful liberating truths of the gospel. And I want to invite you today to take the step of boldness to believe it, to believe that the sacrifice of Jesus has brought you 
as a worshiper of God to a place of being perfect, to a place of being complete before him. And you don't have to be aware and carry the burden and the consciousness of anything that you've done wrong. You have a perfect advocate. You have the one who has made atonement for all the sins of the world. And if he's made atonement for all the sins of the world once and for all, then that includes you. So we have to step into this beautiful truth and stand there and receive it and allow it to go deep into our hearts and into our minds and into our beliefs so that we can live in that place of total freedom before God. God is not sin conscience. He has dealt with it once and for all. From his perspective, sin is not an issue. And that's the invitation of the gospel. It invites us to this place where we enter into all that he has done for us. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.